Good day to you, and welcome to the podcast for the Union Street Meeting House. In this podcast, we will be sharing messages from our weekly worship services. Union Street Meeting House is a Christian ministry that introduces people of all ages to Jesus Christ and recalls those who once knew Him back into an intimate, vibrant, living relationship with Him. We are a house for Christian fellowship and personal growth. You are always welcome here at Union Street Meeting House. Let's go into this week's message right now. God is so good. So good. My, my grandson's out of the room, but he took third place in the uh, pedal tractor pull contest up in Felton for the uh, seven to nine year olds. He took third, and uh, two nines and an, uh, a nine and an eight year old, I think, beat him out. But he was seven and he was pedaling just as hard as he could go. Papa was so proud. Little metaphor with that tractor rig. Uh, this wasn't in the notes, sorry. <laughs> but there's a, uh, it's, it's a little rig, you know, if you've seen the big tractor pulls, what they have is they have this weighted unit that as the tractor moves down, the weight moves up and it gets tougher for the tractor to pull. And they've created one of these little things for a pedal on. It's so awesome. Got a little chain on it and as, as the wheels turn, it pulls the box up that has the weights in it. And then if they get a full pull, Boy, the boys got full pulls. I'm telling you, they were happy. And, uh, <laughs> and girls. I had a girl, uh, I, I think, finished second in one heat. And uh, that weight goes up that ramp. And when it goes up, it gets heavier. And it made me think about that's our life sometimes. We allow Satan to put that weight in us. And because we won't let go of that box with the weight in it, it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier until you can't pull anymore. But, you know, that's where God's got to get us sometimes to get us straight. But let me tell you this morning, if there's weight in your box back on the cart, you need to cut that sucker loose and let God get on with your life because he's got more for you than what's back there. Somebody say amen. Amen. Open your Bibles this morning to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. And we're going to read Matthew 8, 5 through verse 13. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, Matthew 8, 5, and this is verse 7. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes and to another, come. And he comes and to my slave, do this. And he does it. Verse 10, now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into the outer darkness in that place. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed from that very moment. Let's pray. 
Father God, we bless you this morning and we give you all glory. We love your word. We love your teaching. We love who you are. We love that you sent your son to die for us and that he rose again, Lord. And not only did he rise, but he promised a helper. And when he sent the spirit, Lord God, we became alive. So, Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Speak to our spirit this morning that we know that we worship you in spirit and in truth. Our hearts and our minds, Lord. Teach us what it is you would have us know today, Father, that we would be changed and help a hurting and dying world be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. So, over the past two years... There's been much talk in the Christian community about fear. And we've done so here. Probably the second or third sermon out of this pulpit was talking about fear and COVID and what was going on because we were still fresh behind it pretty well. And a lot of fear, and, and, and maybe rightly so in some areas. And, and when the COVID, the pestilence, came upon the land, there certainly was a lot of fear even in the Christian community. And it, was, and it was prevalent, and it was in some more than others. And I've thought about that. You know, why did some churches just go to full panic and others didn't? And then everything from A to Z in between. And so that's not a position of judgment. It's a position of observation. It was just real. People didn't know what to do. They were afraid. Fear seemed to have stricken the land. Could have been your groceries in without spraying them all down. You remember, not too long ago. Fear, and fear just gripped everyone. It's been said that fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. Now that sounds like a cliche, but I want you to take a moment and let that get in your knower. Listen, listen to me when I say this. Fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. When you find yourself with an issue of fear, you have to immediately tell yourself, where's my faith? What's going on here? You can't just say these things as a Christian. We can't just go around talking about how fear is a problem and faith is good if we're truly not going to live faith if we're truly going to give fear a place to take root in us, we have to be cautious that we're talking about it. If that's where you are, that's okay. God can deliver us from that. But I'm sharing with you, fear and faith cannot occupy the same place. It just can't. They don't exist together. It's a night and day kind of situation. You say, well, I have faith, but I have fear. Well, now, obviously, listen to carefully to what I'm saying, okay? What I'm talking about is the faith in God that we have. And when there's fear that comes upon us, it's not that we don't have these moments that we have, but we must bring those thoughts captive. You know, we can't just let the fear start to be the decision maker for our life. Somebody say amen. The Bible teaches that faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of, the, of, of God. In fact, I love to hear Pastor Bill quote that one of the Tyson brothers who was one of his contemporaries would often say, put your snout to the spout where the gospel runs out. 
This week I was listening to a sermon from Smith Wigglesworth. And let me just pause there for a moment and share with you that I think there's a lot of great men and women who have set, them, set their lives out to be servants of God. And I may agree with a large part of what they do, but I may not agree with everything they do. That's how it probably should be with you. If you have one man or woman that you think is God, that's a mistake. But you also need to know that I like Smith Wigglesworth. So that's coming from this pulpit. I'm not going to say everything that he did or said is certainly applicable, but I believe that the man had great faith. And he quoted the scripture that said, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And he not only knew that scripture, but he lived that scripture. He was not afraid. Now, I know we're past COVID, okay? We seem to be past the horrors of it that caused the, in the early stages. I think that's agreeable. But you're right. No different than a flu. Well, different. Okay, we're going to mince words today. But we know that COVID is here. We know it's not gone. We know we have to deal with it. But I don't see any masks today. Okay? The point I'm making is, is that we got to learn something from these past two years, church. We have to we have to take this as a lesson. We can't just walk through what we've walked through and then forget it for it to happen again and us to make the same mistakes again. And I'm not here. In fact, if you read our sign early on that said, basically, listen, here's our position on it, and I would say other things as well, is that we believe that God's going to speak to the individual to tell them what they need to do, and we're certainly not trying to cause anybody harm, but if you're coming here then you were welcome with or without and with or without, if you know what I'm saying. And if that wasn't suitable to you, it was okay. We'll bless you. There's other churches that would have welcomed you if you were on one camp or the other. But we've got to learn something. Fear has no place in the heart of a believer. It doesn't mean that we don't have good sense or common sense or knowledge or, or an awareness. Obviously, if... You're walking in the Badlands. I guess they have rattlesnakes, and there's a rattlesnake. You know, there's a sense that says, hey, I'd like to invite him over for lunch. It don't work that way. I get that. But fear has no place in the heart of a believer. We go through what we've been through the, the past two years. I think it would be horrible if we didn't learn something from it. Faith. It's what we have as a believer. Looking at Matthew 8, look at, look at verse 5. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a, century, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me and say to this one, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does that. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled. Listen, it's not easy. I wouldn't think it would be easy to impress Jesus. But this man, on the second miracle, the second healing miracle, 
that Jesus is now doing. He's just healed a man with a leprosy in his hand. And this is the second thing on the, on the heels of that, if you may. And he is marveled by this man's faith. Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And he goes on to fuss with some of those who are following and not really believing. And then in 13, Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed from that very moment. There's some interesting things in this, in this story that I believe is applicable in many stories in our life. I believe that um, you have to be careful about making doctrines or methods out of anything in Scripture. But there's just, there's just good things in there that, that lead us to principles, if you may, that are applicable in our life. And one of the first things that this, that this centurion has... He says this, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. So one of the first things he has is humility. One of the first things we've got to have when we have faith is to have humility. Because our faith is not in, in the science, it's in the God of science. Our faith is not in what we know or do, it's in the God that we know who does. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But then he says this, but say the word and my servant will be healed. Number two, he knows who he's talking to. There's just something that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. When you're having that deep conversation with God, when you're, when you're crying out to Jesus and you're in that place and you know that you know that you know that he's hearing you and he's speaking to you. And this centurion knows that he knows that he knows that this man can heal. And he says to him, just say the word, my servant will be healed. And then the third thing you see is he has an understanding of how things work. Certainly in his army, there's, there's a certain hierarchy of things. And, and whether we like it or not, there's an order in our life. There's a trinity. I don't understand it. It's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't get these things, but I know this. There's an order to it. And as I've said before, there's two things I know. There is a God, and I'm not him. But we know this. The centurion understood that Jesus had authority. Jesus had the authority to heal. It wasn't just talk. See, when you have faith in your life, you understand that the one that you have faith in has authority. You're not just asking him for a maybe. You're not just asking him, well, could you do this? He has the authority to do it. And many times he says, Lord, if you're willing, I'm willing, he says. And I have the authority and I will heal. Centurion understands who he's talking to. And he understands that this man has authority. He may not understand everything yet, but he's seeing it. And then there's just something that he does when he says, Lord, just say the word, and I know it will be true. And Jesus tells him, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. Faith. The believer's posture is humility. 
the believer's posture is knowing who God is and knowing God has the authority and having faith in our God. He had faith in his knower. See, I believe there are times that we say we have faith, but when our faith is tested, it, it, it don't pan out. I believe as Christians, we can get in the habit of saying these words, but in our life, it doesn't seem to work out. I know that's true for me, that I may say I have faith until the crisis hits and my knees begin to tremble. Turn with me, if you will, to John 4, verse 46. John 4 and verse 46. And we're going to read 46 through 54. Therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus come out of Judea into Galilee... He went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he started off. As he was going down, his slaves met him saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This is again a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea to Galilee. Now here in this story, we see Jesus rebuking them because they're looking for signs and wonders. Can I share with you that sometimes we're guilty of that? I know that there are churches who, who make their uh, doctrine that, that it has to be signs and wonders, and they're looking for signs and wonders. And he rebukes them for that. And he would rebuke us today and say the same thing. What, you're just looking for signs and wonders? While we're on this subject, let's take a rabbit trail. Turn to Acts 14 with me. Acts 14. Just going to read verses 1 through 3 here. We read this uh, several weeks back. In Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner that a large number of people believed, both of Jews and of the Greeks. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Therefore, they spent a long time there. Now, this is Paul and Barnabas, okay? Therefore, Paul and Barnabas spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord who was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. Now, I don't know where this fits doctrinally with me, but I will share this with you, that I believe that God is still in the miracle business, and we will preach that from this pulpit, and that he is in the healing business, 
and that he cares for people and he can still do miraculous things despite what some doctrines teach. He has given gifts and given gifts to men and he is still at work today. Even as the song says, when we can't see it, he is at work. The difference here, if you look at the beginning of three, therefore they spent a long time there. They invested in the people. They were building the relationship, but they were speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord. Never ever do you see Paul or Peter or Barnabas or Silas ever taking the glory for what God gets. Some of you wonder why God's not doing more in your life, and I want to share with you, same with me. It's not a judgment thing. It's an observation. You need to understand. He don't throw his pearls to the swine. He don't throw his jewels to the babies. He has to trust us. And the way he trusts us is when we walk in faith in life. He spent a long time there. They spent a long time speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord who was testifying to the word of his grace. And what was God doing? Granting that signs and wonders be done by the hands. Paul and Barnabas didn't go there seeking signs and wonders. They didn't even like that stuff, if the truth be told. They didn't like it when the girl was following them, saying, these men are men of God. Listen to them. These men are men of God. Listen to them. He said, hey, cast that thing out of her so we can get back to ministry. And does so. Give God the glory. But I believe in signs and wonders, and I believe they'll follow us. If we preach and teach and speak boldly about the works of Christ and about all he can do in our life. Switch back now to, sorry, I should have had you keep your finger there. Back to John, John 4. Verse 49. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go. Your son lives. And the man believed in the word Jesus spoke to him and believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he started off. He believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. In other words, he believed at that moment that Jesus healed his son. You say, well, Tim, how do you know that he believed? Well, I don't know. I, 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 he left. It says he he said he started off. Where? On his journey back home. He started off home to see his son. Jesus says to the man in Cana of Galilee, and then the man lives in Capernaum, which is 25 miles away. Listen, 25 miles away. It says, so he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, yesterday... At the seventh hour, he walked 25 miles to get home to see his son because he had believed that Jesus healed him. That's what the Bible says. 25 miles he walks. And then in verse 53 it says, and he himself believed in his whole household. So first of all, you need to hear the picture that, G that this man believed Jesus was going to heal his son. And there's almost, a, there's almost this fact that these two stories that we've told about, they probably don't know who he is really, but they believe him. And faith is when we have a belief that we live by our life, what we believe that, 
that there's a core thing that you believe. I remember years ago going through marriage counseling and, and, and the fellow said, well, I really need to understand some of your core beliefs. And, you know, I started to spit out all the good stuff from the Bible. No, he said, no, no. I want to know what you believe. What, what do you really believe? And I said, well, how are you going to determine that? He said, well, I want to know what you do, how you live. What's real to you? How are you treating your partner, your spouse, your wife, your husband? How are you treating your kids, your parents? What do you believe? How is this belief fleshing out in your life? What's real to you? This man walks 25 miles away. I think he believes Jesus is going to heal his son. Verse 53, it says, He himself believed and his whole household. That's something a little different. Let's take a look at that. In verse 53, So the father knew that it was that, at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives and he himself believed and his whole household. This is something different. The royal official now sees who Jesus really is. He sees him as the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, who, who comes in a saving faith, and he believes with his heart, and he confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord. Well, I don't say those things, but that's what it's saying, that he believes in his household, now believes that this is the Messiah. And we see this in the church today, and I want to share you, that's an example. When you go to pray for people who don't know God, and you pray, and they receive a healing, and they will if you pray in faith, not always, I don't understand, but they will, it does happen. Somebody say amen. Come on, guys, you're leaving me hanging here. Either you believe it or you don't. It does something to them. And they want to know who this Jesus is. And they may even believe that Jesus healed him, but they still don't know him until they get that opportunity. And God can use that opportunity. When he's confirming with Paul and Barnabas with the signs and wonders, God's not doing that for Paul and Barnabas' sake. He's not doing that for our sake. He's doing it that people will see a holy God who cares and loves and has the power to change their life. He believes with his heart and confesses with his mouth. And we see at this moment that he has become a Christian in his whole household. Last night, Pam and I were given tickets to the Danny Gokey concert. And, and we really enjoyed our night out. Uh, I have to tell you, we're homebodies. We, don't, we go all the time, but we love it at home. I can't figure it out, but that's how it works. And we had some tickets given to us, and we were grateful. So we went to the concert, and we really, really had a good time. First of all, let me say, uh, Unspoken was a group there. I don't know if you've heard them on the radio or not, but they were awesome. 20 years sobriety, uh, the lead singer had. And ironically, to show my age, and some of you will relate to this, the, the fellow that come and spoke out for uh, Hope International or whatever the, the, the thing was in between, I think it was Hope International, he used to play for Cutlass. <laughs> and that sounds like a long time ago, you know. Yeah. There you go. That's how I felt. He said, well, I used to play for Cutlass. And I got thinking about it. Yeah, that was like 12, 15 years ago. And Danny Gokey, man, can sing. Do you hear me? That boy can sing. And I want to share something with you. It is my belief that American Idol 
didn't want him to win. I think they wanted him to get the recognition that he got, and I praise God for that. But that boy had the pipes to win that con contest. I'm just telling you flat out. And if it was any doubt in your mind, if you'd have been there last night and heard it, you would have confirmed it. I mean, it was awesome. But probably, for me, what I really enjoyed was the opening act the most. It was the artist Dan Bremniz. Colby, am I saying that right? And uh, he's got that song, Wherever I Go, Wherever I Go, do do or whatever, you know. And, and Hold You Tight. Let me, let me encourage you to listen to that song, Hold You Tight. And he was awesome. He was up there by himself. He was with his guitar, and he had a, had a kick drum. And I mean, it was just good. It was just good. And he was ministering. I loved his heart because he was ministering. It wasn't a show, so to speak. Anyway, he said something last night. Um, it's certainly not new, but it, but it kind of brought a new revelation to my mind, and I want to share it with you today. He said that faith tends to be on the border of dangerous. Faith can tend to be a little bit dangerous. Having faith is not safe always. You understand? In a sense it is when you actually can settle it in your mind and you know God and where he's at and everything, but let's face it, let's face it, when you start to step out of the normal stuff and begin to do stuff for God, people look at you like they're crazy. You're going you're gonna to pastor a church, Tim? You can't hardly talk anything but Sussex County. I don't know how you would ever get that accomplished. Well, I don't either, but God's going to do something. Somebody say amen. I do need the encouragement. But I'm telling you, faith is not the easy way. Faith makes you walk 25 miles to go see your son. It doesn't stand there and just beg and beg and beg for more. Faith said, God said, go, and, and that's what you do. And he used examples like Moses going back to Egypt. Think about it. You're going to send me back there. I killed a man. They're going to string me up. No, they're not. Why? Because I am. Are you listening, church? And then, and then the other examples was Joshua, Jericho. What? We're going to walk around a building? We're going to praise? I mean, this is ridiculous, right? Would you say that's a little crazy? Maybe not so dangerous, but yeah, probably. Like, won't they just shoot us with their arrows when we're walking around? I don't know. And then, and then David with the giant. I mean, is that crazy? His brother says, boy, what are you doing here? Go back home. Feed the sheep. You have no business with the giant. But faith says, I'm going to, I'm going to step out. I'm not just stepping out like a crazy person. My Lord said, get out of the boat. I'm coming out of the boat. You understand what I'm saying? Are you hearing me, church? He's given you a ministry. He's given you things to do even with your families. And you've got to step out in faith. You cannot live in fear. Faith tends to have an action that's somewhat out of the norm. It just is. I know that there were churches, we know this, even nationally, and yes, they may have suffered losses. But you know what? <laughs> Who could ever get a real statistic out of COVID anyway? But let's face it. I know of churches who said, we're not going to shut down, and they didn't suffer any more losses than any other church that met. If I'm wrong, come see me after and you can share the story and I'll correct it next week. But I'm telling you, faith is dangerous. It's a little bit risky, but, but not in the sense like we think. 
it, it looks risky to those who don't know God. But if you believe that God said do this and you do this, then you're not really having a fear of the risk. To have someone say that God has sent me on a mission, but I don't think he can provide the things I need for it. Okay? Are you listening? Faith has an action that's somewhat out of the norm. It has a risk or what would appear to be a risk to the average person. But here's the deal. We're not average. Church, we're not average. We're not mere men, the Bible says. We act like mere men because we won't walk in the faith that God has truly given us. But we're not. That's not who we are. That's not who you are. Not pastors, not teachers, not evangelists, not apostles. You know, they, yes, them too, but you. He's given the faith too. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Greater is he who is in you than he is in the world. Listen, you either believe that or you don't. Have you made it a cliche? Have you made it just a Bible verse? Have you made it just something you would say every now and again? Or do you truly mean it? Do you truly mean it when that loved one's in the hospital? I, I don't know. I, I, I talk a big game. You guys, the men's group guys know me. I talk a big game. And I was like, hey, uh, they're not keeping me out of that hospital. They probably would have, okay? But I have that John Wayne thing going. They're not keeping me out of that hospital if my loved one's in there. But, you know, I think that's what needed to happen. Listen, I'm not beating on us. This is a very confusing time. This is not about condemnation. But, folks, we better get prepared for what's coming. Okay? We need to learn from the past. We need to make a decision even if the next COVID hits, whatever it might be, or as some would predict, and I'm not too far out of that camp, that financially uh, you can't keep giving away the money that we're giving away and expect everything to work out. It just don't work. Are you going to be ready next time? Are you going to have the faith that says, wait a minute, Lord, I need to pray and I need to hear from you. And Lord, if you say go and you say you did this, then I'm walking 25 miles. You know, I hate to say it, some of you won't walk 25 feet. Well, that's just the way it is. That's what the doctor said. You know, it's what the doctor said. I'm not beating on doctors. Everybody takes the wrong way. Isn't it funny? Everything you say, you got to be careful what you say. I'm, one of the sportscasters said something about somebody this week and they're beating on him already. I'm like, really? God has the final word. God has the final word. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. I didn't write that. It's not a prosperity message. It's a gospel message. Christ wants to bless us. The Lord wants to bless his children. You have not because you ask not. Some of you yield to fear so much that you're literally afraid to ask God for that life-changing faith because you don't know what God might ask you to do. He might ask you to hit the mission field. He might ask you to step up at church. He might ask you to go to a family member that you don't want to talk about Jesus with because they've never believed it or accepted it before and you're just scared to death. True? happens and some of you yield to that fear well today's the day I would like to uh, in fact uh, let me have the praise team come up if you will 
want to do that song that we did last there again, Holy. I don't think there's anything real special about that song except that it says who Christ is as a redeemer. And so this morning, I'd like us to sing that again. But I want to open the altar up and I want to share with you if you're not afraid to come forward and say to God, I've been afraid and I need help with that. I need you to help me with my unbelief. That I need you to help me with this spirit of fear that sometimes grips me. Then Pastor Bill, Joe, whomever's up front here will pray with you, pray for you. Louise, if ladies come up, would you come and pray for them? Would you not miss an opportunity to get before the Lord? And even if it's where you are, it's okay. To get before the Lord and say, God, I know that I'm afraid way too much. I have way too much fear in my life. Folks, this is serious. God wants to release you into a faith life. God wants you to do those marvelous things that he set out for you. Amen? Amen. Hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. You know, we would love to invite you to come and visit us in person sometime. If you're ever in our area, you can find us at 415 Union Street in Milton, Delaware, where we have prayer and worship services on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m., Bible study on Saturday evenings at 7 p.m., and a Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. We would love to minister to your children as well. We offer children's church during the adult service. Children are excused to go back to their classes right after the worship time. You can also find more information about us on the web at unionstreetmeetinghouse.org or on Facebook at Union Street Meeting House. So we look forward to sharing the message with you next week. Hope you'll return to this podcast. Thank you so much and God bless you.